0: Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com. The Radio Plus mobile app and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And this Bloomberg Business Flash being brought to you by Bentley University. Went to developing apps at Facebook and analyzing data at Biogen. Have in common an MBA from Bentley University where you will explore innovation and leadership because business is everywhere. Prepare here. Well, Stocks advancing, but off the best levels of the session so far today... Uh, taking a respite from the steepest sell-off in global equity since January before the Fed's uh, policy decision this afternoon. The uh, British pound rebounding from a two-week low as the Brexit uh, vote approaches there. Uh, British pound sterling right now 141.88. That's up about to half a percent. S&P futures are up uh, four points. The Dow futures, Dow e futures, up 40. That's up two-tenths. And the Nasdaq e futures are eight points higher. Well, following a uh, global markets higher, the FTSE in London up nine tenths today. The CAC in Paris up one point two percent, and the German DAX is up uh, just shy of one uh, percent today. We have a uh, NYMEX crude that is lower down forty three cents a barrel at forty eight oh six today. Uh, this after uh, falling for a fifth day after the American Petroleum Institute reported a one point one six million barrel increase at U.S. oil inventories for last week. Also, Nigerian militants are said for the first time to be considering a peace talk, so that is weighing on oil today. And we check the markets for you every 15 minutes during the trading day right here on Bloomberg Radio. I'm back to uh, Michael and Tom.
1: John Tucker, thank you very much. Interesting day so far, Tom, to see um, a little bit of optimism in the markets given the... News flow yeah. out there has been up to this point relatively negative, and what we're getting is a uh, is a tightening in the race over in the UK, where another poll, the fifth, shows Leave ahead. And what I found interesting today is uh, the folks at Betfair. Uh, yeah, what the they there, um, they still have the Remain camp ahead, but. Up to this point, 23% of the money has been going to the leave camp. In the last 24 hours, that's up to 48%. Yeah. So a dramatic momentum shift in the feeling about Brexit. What what,
2: what I would suggest to those of you in, in, in the United Kingdom, you're living it, we're not. But speaking to our colleague John Farrow, who will join us in London next week, John was adamant how unusual it felt to see two chancellors of the exchequer from two different parties up on the same stage. And Chancellor Osborne is the public officer now. I'm sure Mike has to gauge his words. Former Chancellor Darling of the Labor Party, equivalent to our Democrats. Mike, he didn't mince any words. Uh, He was brutal in his criticism of the Brexit campaign.
1: Indeed. Uh, And uh, now we get George Osborne. This morning.
2: Well, there we do on Brexit. David Sowerby joins us now with Luma Sales as we look at okay. equity markets, how they link in to what the Fed is doing. Maybe we can get through this without a, a talk on Brexit. Uh, d- David, equities have good morning, been... Re- and Mike. Oh, good, good to talk to you again. Um, Brexit may be front and center or the Fed meeting may be front and center or the politics of the moment. What's front and center for equity investors is a lot of worthies are coming out with very gloomy statements. How do you judge or gauge the new round of caution about equity ownership?
3: I think it's that proverbial, you you fight through the noise. You, 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 You do your best to determine what's meaningful and what's simply a distraction. And with Brexit, I think the, the best view is, as it's been written, is to look at the betting odds, which still only put it at, at about sixty-five percent. Uh, I think that'll ultimately be more noise than than uh, than meaningful presidential election years. More is written about presidential election years and how to play it in the market. And my experience over the years is about ninety-five percent of it is simply. Interesting reading, but not not how to make money. Yep. But what's going to matter to me is what's the path of U.S. corporate profits after this mini-profit recession, and what's the cost of capital for companies to uh, to invest and perhaps take that, that low cost of capital and either increase their dividends with better profit news.
1: Well, that's why some people are, are, I guess more than some, a lot of people are saying uh, – July brings us the June payrolls report, which will be important to the Fed, but to investors. It's also second quarter earnings, and uh, there's been much concern about the direction thereof.
3: It's profits, profits, and, and more profits, Mike, and, and, and that's the case. Year-on-year, year, profits have fallen about 8%. But if you look a little deeper and you look at not what the weighted average has done, but what the median company has done, it's better. It's to the plus side. It's running between three and five percent ahead a year ago levels for the median company. I think that that suggests that the more cyclical small caps have held up better in many respects than the than the large caps dominated by energy and financials. I would suspect that by the end of this year, we'll be seeing profit growth in a respectable five to six percent year-on-year gain. That puts the probability of an economic recession at less than 20%, and that can, I think, be quite soothing for those who are still skeptical on the markets, and I'll quickly add skepticism <clears throat> is actually pretty good because, you know, it's it's when everybody's euphoric about the market that yeah. you want to run hard the other way.
2: Within that is use of cash, and then the whole new phrase, financial engineering. I would suggest as a general statement that mid-caps and small-caps are less prone to financial engineering because the lights aren't so bright on their quarterly conference call. Would you agree with that?
3: I, I would, and and I think t- simply because we know that the average number of analysts following many small and mid-cap companies is less than 10. In, in many respects, one of the best ways to make money in the small and mid-cap market are, are to find those undiscovered companies where only – Five or six analysts follow them. There's less of a spotlight, as you said, Tom. And we know in the long term that small caps have compounded a full percentage point better than large caps. And I always quip that that's how my kids are going to get to college on the back of small cap and value-leaning stocks because they still remain one of the better gems of the market.
2: Why has value struggled so much versus growth? It, It tends to move in
3: cycles. I think Wall Street spends too much time trying to look at the macro variables that that correlate well to the growth value debate. You, you and I won't solve that debate today. I think value uh, is a way of life for many people. Probably the most important variable that I think bodes well for value or, or investors who pay greater heed to valuation will be that the valuation spreads within sectors or industries, whether it's on a price-to-earnings basis Mm -hmm. or even more importantly, a cash flow basis. When the spread's widened out between the the most expensive stocks and the the less expensive stocks, that bodes well for value. It had tightened up considerably. There had been this flight to quality and momentum that has become somewhat crowded. And I think if you pay heed to valuation and you lean a little bit to value after a big run to growth, I think that's... That's going to be quite well, and in the portfolios I manage, I have been tilting the value.
2: Yeah. What are small caps doing now? I think mean, what folks one of the great criticisms of surveillance, which is value, which is value, uh, which is valid, I should say, is that we only focus on like four stocks: Apple, Google, Apple, and Apple. Okay, fine. What are small caps doing, O oh, Wise One?
3: I think the inflection point still remains February 11th, despite the last couple of days of weakness. Large-cap stocks, give or take, are up 14 to 15%. Small-cap stocks are up better than uh, 19%. I think that wow. is a sign that this rally has the potential for the legs to be firm because of the rally in small-caps off their lows. Also, quickly, the, the rally in high-yield uh, corporate debt. So small-caps have done quite well. And the relative valuations now between large-cap and small-cap make it a more even fight and perhaps a slight nod to small caps after it being a very much more robust large-cap market since roughly March of 2014.
2: I mean, I look at the NASDAQ comp, which I believe is tech-weighted, and the S&P 500 does better. Folks, looking at the Bloomberg quickly, the S&P 500, call it negative 1% flat, whatever you want to call it, mid caps negative uh, my eyes are failing me here, David, negative three percent, small caps, negative three percent as well there there really isn't much differential is there in the last year
3: no, there's not, so what you tend to do is look at those major inflection points, and sometime around February eleventh when investor sentiment got unusually. Bearish. More than eighty percent of investors were either bearish or neutral. That was usually the, right. the more often than not the time to be a bit more courageous. And in that type of environment, <clears throat> the small and mid caps have rallied quite well.
2: well David Sarby, thank you so much with Luma Sales. Uh, great to speak to you uh, again. On away from the, the blue chips and those that have. Let me let me see what Microsoft's cash is right now. I that number just slipped out of my little. Brian, they have cash of $106 It's billion. We're not talking about stocks like that here. We're talking about those of a smaller uh, cap. The yen, 106.23, weaker yen over the last 24 uh, hours, a constructively better tape than what we saw 28 hours ago. Futures up four. The yield, 1.58, all the way out to a 1.63. Higher yields is what awaits, Chair Yellen. Our coverage this afternoon, Scarlet Fu. Michael McKee and myself, 1 p.m. Join us at 1 p.m. Good morning.